Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Hey folks, Al Martin here. So glad you could be with us today. Another version of the Making Data Simple podcast. My guest today is Tarush Agarwal, who is the CEO of 5X. Let me do a quick introduction and then I'll let Tarush take it himself. He's been part of data, what, since 2011? He's advised Fortune 50 companies, startups, and, and everything in between. He got his first data experience on the analytics team at Salesforce, and he got a bird's eye view of massive enterprise data at scale. He also worked at WeWork. Then he started 5X. So that is a very, very short version, oversimplified version. I want to... Uh, I want to give it to you, allow you to kind of give your introduction, what brings you here today, and then we'll dive into what you're doing around data. By the way, data is my favorite subject. Uh, we go all over the place with this podcast, as, as the listeners would know, and uh, like leadership, tech, just fun. But at the core, it's still called Making Data Simple. So this is right up my alley today. So why don't I turn it over to you? Give us a little bit of your experience. Awesome. Thanks, Al. For, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me in the show. Super, super excited to be here and hopefully have some fun and, and uh, give some value to the listeners. My background's in data. I got very lucky. I actually went to school for computer science and, you know, uh, after college, got lucky and sort of got a job at Salesforce in Silicon Valley. And very, very quickly, I realized I'm going to be really, really bad. I'm going to be a really bad software engineer. And it's not because I didn't know how to code. <laughs> it's because I didn't really care about working on a small feature and, you know, working my way up. And, you know, it wasn't that interesting. I was, I, I just remember being a lot more interested in, hey, you know, what's the CEO thinking about? You know, what, what are the top company priorities? And, you know, happened to be at a time when no one was really thinking about data uh, I don't remember anyone in the Valley really having a data engineering or a data science team and, you know, got to work with a, a sort of product manager and we started, um, we started analyzing log files uh, and extracting metrics from log files back in Hadoop. And, uh, you know, that, that later became uh, how we did benchmarking and that later became how the product analytics team started. And, you know, ever since then, um, haven't really looked back. So that's a little bit of how I got into it, uh, but I'm really happy I did because I would have made a terrible software engineer. <laughs> so that you that I don't hear every day. That's pretty good. So you say uh, you started out terrible software engineer. You had a higher ambitions, wondering what the CEO was doing. It got your wondering eye going so that you end up starting a company and end up here at 5X. Is, is that the <laughs> short version? The expedited right. version? What? I think that I think that's the most interesting version. Did uh, where, where are you originally from? I'm, I'm originally from India, um, so I went to school in Bombay, uh, which is the big city of India. Yep. And then you you came over here. Did you go to school? I presume you went to school and then stayed, and then went to Silicon Valley and started at Salesforce. Yep. I um, figured on pretty early that I want to get into tech. Uh, went to Carnegie Mellon and then ended up in Silicon Valley. Just like a good old Indian kid. <laughs> so are you still there today? <laughs> no. So uh, I was in America for about 12 years. And long story short, I had an opportunity with WeWork to 
jumped to China to go figure out building a building a platform team in China, and it was super cool uh, because there's no Amazon or Google in China. It's you build on Ali Cloud, and they in, encourage you to do facial detection, and it's a whole different world. So that was awesome, and I did that for a year. And just around the time when WeWork's IPO was failing, I went on a a 10-day vacation to Bali. um, And that happened to be day one of COVID. And the world locked down pretty quickly and I got stuck in Bali. So uh, I'm speaking to you from like Bali right now, which is home. Uh, I I sort of live here six months traveling around America, uh, six months. Where is 5X Incorporated though? We are a Singapore company. Oh, Singapore company. Okay. All right. That, that, that makes sense then. But, and you kind of skipped over, you, you were at Salesforce, then you went to wing, right? Yes. Um, so at one point, uh, I wanted, I wanted to do things my own way and Salesforce wasn't going to let me go run the data team at Salesforce. So I ended up in New York at, uh, I do frown on that. Yeah. So when I went to New York and I found the first, uh, you know, Series B, I think back then, company that would that would that would that would sort of let me try something, and uh, it it was it was an awesome experience learning what not to do. So you were at WeWork, of course, you were at Salesforce, I guess, at three years. Then uh, a quick stint at Wing. Then you go to WeWork, and you were there for you know three and a half years as well. And you you were the director of data engineering, data platform, and. Uh, then, like you said, you went to head of platform China technology. What was the attraction there? Did they ask you to go or you say, hey, look, I got to get out. I got to learn something new. Uh, it was more, it was a little bit of both. Um, I, I, you know, by the end of, by the end of, you know, my New York stint, I was pretty burnt out. We were growing very quickly. Uh, we were also going out a lot. So every day was working really hard and then going out really hard. And it's, you know, I think WeWork wasn't very grounded. I wasn't very grounded. And a few years later, it sort of caught up with me. So I was going to quit actually and go, uh, go write a book. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, he was being sent to go figure out the tech team and to go build out the China, um, to go build out the sort of Asia, China, uh, tech team and uh we started chatting because he was really interested in figuring out you know how is how are we how are they going to do data in china how is that going to play back with the sort of central teams and long story short like a few drinks later um he convinced me to uh join and i'd never been to china and you know a few weeks later i'm on i'm on a flight to china and you know loved it um but yeah, it wasn't. Dude, you're that. like the most interesting man alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you, but I do remember the days of being a software developer. And yeah, it seemed like you didn't sleep. You develop from from dusk till dawn, and then you go to the bars and then do it again. Sometimes yeah. it's, at some point it's got to end, <laughs> or it doesn't end yes. well. So let's dive into five X. First of all, you got to tell me the name five X. What is 5X? It's better than 4X, by the way. Yeah, I get that all the time. Why isn't it 10X? And I'm like, if, uh, it actually, you know, it's, 
the reality of it is uh, I used to follow this guy called Robin Sharma. He's He wrote this book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And he's a pretty famous you know, leadership coach. And I, I, my uncle took me for like one of his conferences back in the day. And he, he kept saying this thing about, you know, if, if you're going to do something in life, make it 5X. And that stuck with me. And when I was looking for a domain name, uh, that was the first thing which came up. Yeah, I can imagine how the it's relentless, whether it's 6X, 7X, 10X. <laughs> but that's great. I like the story. This was your uncle? Yeah. He, he, he was actually the instigator. He was the one that said, hey, look, make it 5X. He's the one who I took like that. me for like Robin's event, and like, and like Robin had this whole back. Uh, what was it called? It was called Personal Mastery, Personal Mastery Academy in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he he has this whole thing of like, you know, if you're trying to copy the competition, you're going to become second best. So you you sort of might as well uh, try and you know be original and creative, and you know whatever you want to do, make it five x. And I really like that, as simple as it sounds. And uh, it yeah, just stuck cool. with me. And By the way, Bali's got to be a pretty cool place. Are you going to stay there? <laughs> Bali is definitely home. It's it's really difficult. It's And I'm saying this because I tried it. It's really difficult to live in New York City after you've lived in Bali. Uh, you know, living in a small, cramped-up apartment uh, is is just... I just can't do it anymore. So, you know, I like the idea. And, you know, look, we were born in COVID, right? We were born when no one was going to offices anymore. And that's just, that was just part of our sort of DNA on day one. Yeah, yeah. You know, we hired our first few people out of, uh, you know, we had hired people from China, from India, from America. I think today we have folks in 11 countries. So, you know, there's whole, the whole debate going on between, uh, being in offices or not, you know, for us, we just went the other way, right? Like we are remote first. One of our core values is called the hammock value, which means that if I ever have to go back to an office and, and go build it from an office, I'm not really interested in doing it. Uh, so, you know, for now that, for now that works and um, yeah, you know, I spent a few months in Bali and uh, you know, some sort of sometime in Singapore and then around America where most of our, 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 our clients are and, you know, where the modern data stack movement is, is sort of really being built from. You are, um, you're going to be remote indefinitely then. That's part of your core values at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I sort of like how a few companies, you know, the big notable one is sort of Snowflake talks about not having an HQ. Um, you know, I think we are building out our engineering teams from India. Uh, you know, we will be building out a lot of our sales functions from America. So, you know, in general, spending a few months in Asia and a few months around America makes sense. How many people on the company at this point? We have about 50. Um, so so you grow pretty quick. Yeah, we, you know, we also have this concept, which we can get sort of onto later, which is called on-demand talent, right? Because, you know, we look at the sort of modern data stack as an end-to-end platform. Um, we, 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 we have this thing called on-demand talent, which allows people to basically get onboarded and sort of use us pretty quickly. But I think I might be sort of jumping over here. So we will get back to that. I'm, I'm, I'm interested on this on-demand comment. What's at the core part of 5X? And don't let me restate or state this incorrectly, but your position is that 
companies are really not getting the full value of their data. So I'm curious as to why you would say that. There are a lot of data yeah. companies out there. Let's yep. just start with what makes 5X different? What's your value proposition that you bring to the table? Sure. So, that, uh, you know, thanks for asking. Uh, I think that the, the sort of modern data stack has gone mainstream, right? Like, you know, we had Snowflake a few years ago, which was one of the largest IPOs in tech history. You know, IBM's doing amazing things. You know, every company in the next few years is 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 investing in data is, is sort of is sort of getting on boarded onto this this sort of stack as we call it yet it happens to be one of the most fragmented spaces in the world right i think data devops security are probably the most well are probably the most fragmented right if you think of you know a very very basic use case like dashboarding or analytics you have data ingestion storage modeling and then BI, you have four different layers to, you know, go build out some basic dashboards. And each of them today have got like multi-billion dollar players in it. So if you're looking to get started, you have to go sign multiple enterprise contracts. And, you know, I just named the four most basic layers, but if you think about, you know, all the cool stuff happening around, you know, metadata and reverse ETL and augmented analytics and machine learning, you know, that that's like 10 different categories. And at some point you can't expect a customer to go sign 10, $30,000 contracts and sort of go stitch this together. So, you know, as we think about this stack becoming mainstream, I think one of the most, I think one of the biggest debates going on right now on Twitter on, on like on the modern data stack is sort of bundled versus unbundled. Um, and I think, you know, over time, um, over time, having things a little bit more bundled up is just the natural evolution of things, you know, as we move towards, uh, you know, sort of higher layers of value. And what 5X, you know, is built on this proposition that, you know, people today want the sort of best in class vendors, right? We don't want an end-to-end -end platform to do the entire thing. In consumer, we don't want Google apps to go do video and to go do sort of messaging we want to use slack we want to use zoom and we're sort of seeing that more and more inside the data space too that you know customers might want to use snowflake and they might you know have their own preference of bi tools and they now they want to use dbt so you know very fundamentally what 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 5x is building is we're stitching together the sort of best in class vendors of the modern data stack and and sort of giving you an end-to-end -end platform where you don't have to go sign multiple contracts. You don't have to figure out how to stitch it together. You can just log on to 5X and your credit card. And you know, for early stage company, you can have this sort of BI stack out of the box. So that, I mean, just to make sure I'm clear, you're not building like a repository. What you're doing is you're stitching together best in class vendors in the form of a managed service. Correct. So, you know, we only work with, we only work with cloud providers. Uh, so we only work with hosted solutions. Um, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty difficult problem to actually deploy open source. So it, that's not something which we're doing. There are sort of a bunch of players which, which sort of do that. We, we have this program which we've built, which is called this sort of certified 5X program. And that's a vendor facing program. Right. So we sort of go to vendors. This allows us to do things like account provision, configuration, sort of workflow management, user management, billing agreements. And this allows us to like provision different cloud providers uh, to, sorry, to, 
to provision different hosted services. And, you know, once a service is on our platform, um, you know, we, for the vendors, it's an opportunity to get discovered, to get provision. You know, we become an extra sales channel for them. And the sort of reality is if that, you know, if a company goes today to like DBT and signs a contract with DBT, DBT can't really guarantee success of the engagement because DBT is just one piece over there. Whereas in 5X, you know, because a customer is getting an end-to-end sort of an end-to-end platform, the sort of chances of customer success are much, much higher. And now if you start thinking about different verticals, right? What's the e-commerce vertical? What's the crypto vertical? What's the SaaS vertical? And again, what are all of the tools which make sense in that vertical? You know, you, you can be a sort of crypto company and sort of go into 5X and, you know, in a few clips, deploy an end-to-end crypto stack. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what a sort of crypto stack looks like, but hypothetically, um, and you know, you have all of the different capabilities you need out of that platform in a few clicks. And then again, you can choose. You can choose which which vendors do you want. So on your warehouse, you can choose. If you want IBM, or if you want Snowflake, or you want Redshift, or you know, you want Firebolt because it's the newest, fastest, cheapest one. Do you support um, any cloud? If the hosted platform, which we are partnered with, supports multi-cloud, then you can choose your cloud. And a lot of the big ones are multi-cloud. You know, so why would I go with you, though? Why 5X? Just by and large, um, the modern data stack movement is it's owned by independent vendors, which have gotten really good at solving one different category and one different problem. So the, the, the sort of short answer to your question is, uh, you know, Amazon can't really give you um, the sort of you know uh, the sort of end-to-end modern data stack. They have components of it, but I think you would you'd always need vendors outside of Amazon. Who are your target customer profiles? It's a great question. I mean, typically, you know, where we are right now, there are two main two main types of customers, right? Your typical, you know, Series A, Series B growing company, they have product market fit, they might have a few people on the data team, they might have built out their first use cases, but very often you come to the what now question, right? Like, you know, we've sort of set up some reporting, what now, right? Like understanding, you know, what are all the other capabilities, how to use them, get get faster at delivery and execution. Um, you know, that's a sort of a big customer base for us. And we also find, you know, earlier stage companies which know they want to get into data, but, you know, the sort of complexity of the modern data stack is too much for them, you know, and and, and, and they don't have the right resources, uh, you know, they would come to us, um, you know, use our platform and use our on-demand model um, and essentially in some ways get data as a service. And, Look, I get know, the earlier stages, but when you're talking Series A and Series B, I'm just curious as a side comment or question, does yeah. the current economic environment worry you? Yeah, if, if, is some of, you know, maybe that Series A or B starts drying up? Does that also have a direct correlation to your, the customer profiles you're targeting? You know, I think, um, I think in a market, in a, in a bear market like we are in, um, you know, they are, you know, I think they're pros and cons, right? You know, in, in bull markets, typically companies want to do everything in-house. And, you know, at WeWork, when, when sort of times were good, we, we were, you know, the build versus buy question was, the answer was build, right? 
and you know a lot of a, a lot of companies which otherwise should not go build out their own data platform and you know buy off the shelf components and you know and hypothetically leverage services like 5x which sort of which sort of stitch it all together and give you an end to end platform a lot of those companies in bull markets try and you know end up doing all of this in house so you know with this correction or recession or sort of whatever you want to call it uh, it forces companies to be more more sort of practical and you know products and i think i think platforms like sort of 5x which in general are simplifying you know 5x comes from the fact that at WeWork we had a 50 person data platform team and we were you know stitching together all of these different cloud providers and providing these capabilities why did WeWork need to have a 50 person data team to do this ourselves why couldn't why isn't someone else doing this not just for WeWork but for you know every other company out there and providing you these sort of end to end modern data stack as a service you know one of the things which we're pretty excited about is just in the last few weeks too we have just seen a big uptake in sort of companies which should have otherwise wanted to do this themselves and more interested in having a managed service like Fabex now speaking of we work did you ever meet adam newman i hear he was a hell uh, of a salesman <laughs> i have heard him speak before and i i can i can definitely vouch for that uh, i do, i have met adam before but i don't think he would know who i am I want to pause here. I think I want I want to give you a scenario. I think yep. this might be the best way to really outline the the value you provide. And this is a real world scenario. Yep. So it kind of a test. So I got a friend of mine. He's not in the data business. He's in the car business. Actually, let's just say car insurance business. And he's in a situation right now where he is running his business out of spreadsheets. What they've been is a conglomerate of multiple acquisitions. You know how this works. He, he's still a small business, but they end up acquiring businesses. You bring in repositories. He's got all kinds of different repositories. He's running things out of a spreadsheet. He wants to drive new analytics reporting, right? So right now he's in the process of comparing visualization reporting tools, and he's narrowed it down to a couple of companies. Yep. Now, in his mind, he said, I'm expected to pay somewhere around 500 to a million. I mean, this is to, to get all this stuff done where we yep. need it. I yep. said, look, you should do a POC and just verify the integrity of the report you're getting back within that POC. Sure. So he does a POC. Both companies report on one of the 50 data sources. It worked. Yep. Both are fairly good. Company A is a bit simpler. Yeah. Company B is a bit more complex, but he tends to like that better. Now, on yeah. the integrity of the data, company A says, well, it's an, about 90% perfect. <laughs> company B says 100%. He blows yeah. up at the 90% because he's like, Al, this is my ledger. It's like, it can't be yeah. 90%. It can't be 95%. Yeah. Anyway, company A drops their bid. Let's say that you know, they come in like 100K. I mean, much cheaper sure. than he expected. So even though it's only 90%, he's pretty excited. Yeah. So he comes to me and he says, I'm pretty excited about the cost. But Al, I mean, I'm very, very cautious. What am I getting into here? Yeah. I don't know what I'm getting into because I don't know how to put this stuff together. Will they be able to connect to all 50 data sources? What do you, advice do you give somebody like this? Because you're putting all these pieces together. And that's kind yeah. of, I'll just tell you this. This is one thing I'm talking to him about. I'm saying, look, 
make sure you know what you're buying because you know, you're right. They only tested one data source. You got 50, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I don't want to give you the answer. What, how would you sure. approach that, that problem? Look, I think this is what's happening out there today, right? And at a very fundamental level, all of these vendors are one piece in the puzzle. And guess what? As soon as you, you know, buy any one of those two vendors, they're not going to support you because, you know, they're a tech product and, you know, they might, you know, push you to a sort of consulting company, which is going to help implement on top of that. But, you know, these tech companies today are really every, every vendor inside the modern data stack today requires you to have your own data engineers and your own tech team to go implement this. And for a business like your friends, you know, it sounds like they don't have the, they, they sort of don't have the technical resources and they don't really care how it happens, but they, they have some sort of questions which they want to answer. And the sort of reality is that, you know, even if they're able to kind of go build their dashboards, right, and they are able to plug in their Google spreadsheets on top of their dashboards and go build it over there, they have these ad hoc dashboards, which over a period of time don't really scale up, right? Your average business has got 10 to 12 different sources, and there's a reason we have data warehouses. And we have a separate data modeling layer and that your sort of reporting layer is just reading from, you know, an existing, you know, an existing business model, which is, which has been modeled before. So, you know, I think your friend and for a lot of businesses that don't have this expertise, they're really entering into this world, which is going to, you know, in some ways have a limited upside and it's going to have a lot of unexpected costs and, you know, information, which sort of, which, which sort of comes up for these people. How 5X really solves this problem for them is number one, they're really getting an end-to-end stack, right? So, you know, uh, for sort of someone like this, they, they would speak with, with sort of someone on our sides, you know, understand what the use case is, probably set them up with, you know, uh, a fairly, um, you know, a sort of a sort of fairly straightforward uh, sort of sort of BI stack. You know, maybe they have more sophisticated requirements around reporting. Great, you can kind of pick and choose, you know, which sort of which sort of reporting tool works. But once you have the sort of end-to-end platform, we also have this concept of on-demand talent. And basically, you know, in short, today we interview thousands of engineers a week, we have a sort of fully automated interview process. And because we're end-to-end platform, we can pre-train these folks across the end-to-end platform. And now, you know, on top of the sort of 5X platform, you can add on-demand talent. So you could get access to a group of engineers. We, we call them an engineering board. It's got, it's got three engineers and a technical, and a technical project manager. You could get access to this engineering board on demand, right? Per week, per, you know, in sort of increments of time. And they, and they're the ones who can actually help you implement what you're looking for. So in your friend's case, you know, pull your data with, with an ingestion layer into a warehouse, model it inside a tool like DBT, create, you know, a sort of business output layer, and then visualize your sort of report on top of that. And, you know, an end-to-end approach like this is going to serve your friend a lot better because, again, they have a single place to come back to whenever they need, uh, you know, more help. They can go hire 
he can go hire his own team, use us in a hybrid approach, which is becoming more and more popular. And, you know, having a single place to go to for the entire modern day is that. Well, I think he's looking for, certainly looking for a single place, but just to, um, to get a little bit more clarity on what your answer would be in terms of the advice, like uh, he's worried about the analytics being able to connect to all 50 data sources. That yeah. got us into kind of same path that you're taking. We started talking about, all right, now we got to talk about the data. Um, do you want to create a data lake? Uh, now you're talking about ETL. we got to move the data. Are we going to move the data? Uh, or do you want to use data virtualization? There are many companies, including IBM, that have that technology. We could use data virtualization, uh, leave it where it is. Now there could be um, performance implications. I mean, sometimes it could be better, actually, but it, it depends yeah. on the scenario. Anyway, so all of a sudden his mind explodes, right? He, he's in yeah. the car business. He's like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, I just want to get out of spreadsheets, man. So yeah. just tell me what I need to do. I don't know anything about a data lake. I do think they may have to move sure. my data, and I'm I'm up for that. But yeah. then, see, in this case, they're not even quoting him on any of the data abstraction. And yeah. like when he asked them questions on the analytics side, well, can you connect to this database? The answer, honestly, is like, well, maybe we we connect to probably eighty percent of all repositories yeah. out there. He goes, well, I, I can't have 20% yeah. not be connected to. I mean, that that my percentage error would even go worse. So then yeah. I said, talk, started talking to him. I said, well, you need to think about if you're going to move that data or not. This is much bigger than you suspect that it may be, just bringing in an analytics tool. Yeah. Um, and, and you probably want to clean up the data. So anyway, I've said enough. What would you advise sure. You know, somebody that's not in the in the business and, you know, rightfully so, their head blows up when you start talking ETL and all this other stuff that they don't yeah. want any part of. Sure. And, you know, a lot of these, especially a lot of the BI layers are building integrations with single, with sort of different sources of data. And in some ways, they're able to sell customers now that, hey, you know, you can use this tool, but that's extremely dangerous, right? Like, you're pulling data directly into a BI tool. You're like modeling all of your data inside this tool. And, you know, this tool has obviously got a subset of the sort of connectors, you know, an enterprise tool like Airbyte, which is open source, or Fivetran, or like Portable have. So, you know, I, I think in some ways, a lot of these BI companies are uh, snake oil salesmen because, you know, <laughs> it, it, it works for a very, very small use case, but... You know, I, I, I sort of I sort of genuinely believe that they cannot be a happy ending um, to, you know, using a lot of these tools because at some point you've got to go rip this all apart and, you know, go build something more sort of enterprise ready. Sorry, not enterprise ready, but a lot more holistic. And data is one place where migrations are just so expensive. If you look at migrations in the software engineering stack, they happen all the time. But a migration in data, very often moving tools, and you know, it's it's really hard to, to, to like to like go tell a business, hey, sorry, we're not going to have any data for a few months because we're like migrating tools, right? So, <laughs> I it, yeah, it's exactly. it's sort of something we think about a lot, and you know, this sort of this sort of reality is, and I'm I'm not just saying this because because sort of five X solves this problem, but it's really difficult for someone in those shoes 
to go and make an informed decision. I think the best, you know, solution for someone like that is to go to a consulting company because, you know, a, a sort of consulting company is, you know, again, they have experience across the end-to-end stack and they're, you know, they, they can understand your use cases and, you know, draw out an end-to-end stack, what that looks like and help you implement it. Now, the, the sort of downside is they you know, they're charging you an arm and a sort of arm and a leg. And for the most part, they're sort of building everything from scratch, right? They'll help you sign contracts with a few of these companies. They love it because they're getting a reseller fees and then they're stitching all of this up from scratch. And that's just sort of more expensive. But for your friend to go to an individual vendor, I don't think there's any vendor out there which can add value to your friend, um, you know, unless he would go to an end-to-end platform. Like, there's no sort of vendor. I mean, most vendors are just across one small piece, where, whereas your friend is looking for, you know, a sort of solution. So let me see if I could summarize, and I'll put some words in your mouth a little bit. In terms of the advice that we would give him is, one, is get an independent consultant assessment with no product, so it's independent. So you can get, they, they would come in there and say, oh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, it's not product related. Secondly, on the POC, I would randomly pick, you can't expect them to do try to connect to all 50 sources in, in a POC. I mean, that's a lot of work, sure. but you could pick five random sources, say, all right, yep. I want you to use those five just randomly and see oh. if they could do it. And then third is outline the roadmap they foresee in the, in the additional investment required two years from now. What, yeah. you know what? So there's no surprises. Uh, I think that's probably a good look. And then to your point, consider a managed service and per- perhaps using this opportunity to clean up their their data swamp that they have today from all the different acquisitions. Yep. Uh, it's a great opportunity to, to move it, clean it up, uh, and then use it in a data warehouse. So, you know, likely cloud-based, so it can be uh, available anywhere and use a combined managed service stack. Yeah. That makes sense. I think think you hit the nail uh, on the head. I mean, I think you can use a consultant. I think, you know, using a sort of platform like sort of Tyvex will sort of give you all of the benefits uh, of, you know, what a consultant would do. Like you aren't getting started from scratch. You sort of have all of these different vendors. And, you know, if, if you need to kind of pick and choose, you know, you can, uh, work with a sort of con- sort of you can sort of work with a sort of consultant or work with you know something like our on-demand model, but I think either way, um, not speaking directly with vendors because they're just one piece of it. Podcast listeners, hope you're doing great. I am going to pause this podcast here and continue it next week to be respectful of your time. So hope you're well. Please stay tuned. We'll be back next week later.